It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back to Money for Lunch. Man, I hope you had a glorious, glorious uh, Memorial Day weekend. I recently started doing CrossFit, and they do this thing called uh, the Murph. And the Murph is uh, a mile run followed by 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and then you finish up with a mile run. And I did half of that. It's called a half Murph for us beginners, if you will. And I have to tell you, it was uh, exquisitely painful, right? It was, uh, it was, it was kind of cool. I enjoyed it. Looking forward to doing the full Murph next year. After my workout, I came home, had a just a, a great breakfast, and then I slept for about an hour and a half. It just wiped me out. Uh, then I got to hang out with the family and you know go do some shopping. We did some bowling. Uh, even watched the latest uh, re- uh, revision or uh, version of Aladdin, the live version with uh, Will Smith. So that was actually pretty good. I give it a couple thumbs up there. So anyway, hope you had a glorious Memorial Day weekend and you took some time to remember our brave men and women who sacrifice. In some cases, they've sacrificed everything their entire life. For, for our, our country, and some have sacrificed a lot. And uh, anyway, so uh, having said that, let's, let's go to the quote of the day. The quote of the day, real estate investing, even on a very small scale, remains a tried and true means of building individuals' cash flow and wealth by the one and only Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki happens to... Uh, live not too far from where I live. Real estate investing, even on a small scale, on a very small scale, remains a tried and true means of building an individual's cash flow and wealth. I think it's a very uh, kind of a neat quote because it mentions even on a very small scale. All right, let's get the party started on the show. I'm being joined today by Chris Prefontaine. Chris Prefontaine is the Amazon best-selling author of Real Estate on Your Terms, creating a conscious cash flow, uh, not conscious, a continuous cash flow now without using your cash or your credit. He's the, found, he's the founder of the SmartRealEstateCoach.com and SmartRealEstateCoachPodcast.com and has been in real estate business for over 27 years. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bert. Thanks for having me. I, I don't mind that conscious one. It might be another book. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not bad. You know, create conscious, uh, you know, uh, so it's not necessarily too bad. But, you know, I, I love the title of this book, uh, Real Estate on Your Terms, Create Continuous Cash Flow Now Without Using Your Cash or Credit. That is a huge promise, Chris. That's uh that's a pretty intriguing title. 
Yeah, well, look, I appreciate it, but let, let me just say one comment about the, the title itself. No, no one's ever brought that piece up, actually. Um, here's the biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges with investors is cash, right? I, actually, any business, sure. cash. Everybody can fix a lot of things with cash now. So the way we do it, we buy everything Bert, on uh, terms, and that means we're doing things like owner financing, things like lease purchase, all of those, uh, any one of the strategies we use do not require banks or your own money. I mean, $10. We, we have built into our agreements $10, but typically uh, no, no large sums of cash. So that's a neat thing to be able to get someone in the biz and get them generating cash right away. No, absolutely. Look, the, re the reality is if you can get into a, a good real estate deal for 10 bucks or 100 bucks or 500 bucks, I would still put that in the no real cash needed right i mean that's you know that's nothing i mean come on nowadays people will blow three four five hundred bucks on on sporting events yeah no question and uh, most people say to me brett well come on like what what sellers would do that i get that all the time i get it from even you know present students and the answer is if you give sellers their price many of them uh, probably about 40 percent of the people we talk to many of them can wait on that cash Again, as long as they get their price, but there's a whole batch of people that they got to take that money that they have in their house and go buy another house for their family. So that wouldn't apply to them. But everyone else that can wait on their money would just assume get more out of the deal than uh, try to get a little down payment down or something like that. They, they just assume wait for it. And that's why terms work so well. Well, <clears throat> absolutely. And let me tell you something. Uh, my next door neighbor, uh, uh, her, they moved out, and her son, who just started a family, moved in. And then, you know, kind of, they were there for like a year, and then they moved out. And I thought, well, maybe they sold the house. Uh, this other family moved in, didn't think anything about it. Well, just just two weeks ago, they stopped by my house to say hello uh, and to let me know that they had actually sold their house on terms with – no down payment because the family that took over their house was kind of a, a friend of a friend of a friend, right? And so they didn't even require a down payment. They wanted the people just to take over the mortgage, and and, and the individuals involved ended, ended up screwing that up, so they ended up getting evicted. But I was blown away. You just never know who or when or why people do what they do. And, and of course, needless to say, I said, well, listen, you know, we'll be glad to do that. And she says, well, I'm going to let my brother uh, take over. And I said, well, if anything happens with that, just let me know and we'll, and we'll take it over. We'll, we'll dive right in. But so you can tell, you know, our listeners and you can tell your, your, um, your students that you just have to ask. You just never know. I would have never thought that, these guys would have carried the note, especially would have done it with no down payment, but they, they're just in that financial position they're, and, and they could have done it. Yeah. So sometimes it's just, um, and that sounds like the case with your neighbor. It's just sometimes a stress relief uh, or a debt relief, right? So if there's, yeah. a, if there's an underlying debt and somebody gets a, I don't know, job transfer or, or divorce or death, or, you know, something happens or they got to, they got to move or leave then they just want relief. They want someone they can trust. They want someone that, that's been in the business perhaps, but they want to make sure they can get taken care of. So there's, there's actually two or three ways to do that. You, what you described sounded like there might've been underlying debt on that house. And if there was, 
They could have done a lease purchase, or they could actually buy it, subject to that existing debt staying there. And if it, if there wasn't debt, they could have just made direct payments to the seller. And I think that that might have been a combination of those uh, with your neighbor. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and I didn't get the details either. It, but it just goes to show you, you just never know. And 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 it's the old it's the old saying: you cannot prejudge a situation. If you ask everybody. Yeah, look, you might get turned down 80% of the time or 90% of the time, but who cares? You're going to build your fortune on that 10% that say yes. Yeah, and the, and the ones that say no, uh, let's say the other, in our case, it's about 60% of the people. I will tell you that over time, a third of those come around and do something because every single person you speak with that may not want to do some kind of terms as a seller um, we let them know, look, you're just like everyone else. 99% of the people would love to get full price cash, be done. But that's just not reality. You've got a, a banking uh, banking climate out there now that is quite stringent on buyers. And so you've got about 80% of the population, depending on what market you're in, it varies. But 80% of them can't go get a loan today in their current state without work on credit or down payment. They, they can't get it. And so we help right. them, but but once the sellers realize that, they they realize, oh man, my my market's small that I could, if I'm going to sell conventionally. Sure, sure. Uh, so let me ask you this, just uh, uh, as a thought here, uh, how does real estate ownership, specifically ownership of multiple properties, act as a uh, hedge against inflation? Well, the way we do it, uh, we have different strategies, as we kind of just alluded to you and I in that brief chat. And the different strategies mean what? The different strategies mean if you own multiple, regardless of an up or down market, you've got what we call three paydays, we, three paydays every time you buy and sell a property the way we teach. And so that means your paydays are like the title of the book says now, but also over time and then also in the future. So now picture doing, say, even six of those. I'm not going to say a big number, six homes you have. When you say multiple, you're going to have different staggered dates for those three paydays. You're going to have different types of properties, and you can even buy those six a little bit differently. So now you've got not only uh, the multiple property going on and, and the hedge against inflation or anything else that can happen to the economy, you also have some security with some diversity within the same you know real estate field. Totally diverse. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, so so let's talk about this. Uh, when interest rates go up, rentals tend to increase in demand, right? Well, yeah, typically because you've got a few things going on there. Um, let's say that we, we, we put rent-to-own buyers in our property, so it's not a, a regular rental. But let's let's go two different directions here. If you're going to put, if you're going to have a, a first-time buyer trying to get in the market where the rates are now obviously fairly low by anyone's standards uh, for the last decade, they're going to get the, all these people borderline qualification. Not to mention the banks are very very stringent, as I said earlier. But they're going to be borderline in many cases. And if the rate pops up even a quarter of a point, a quarter of a percent, you could uh, push them out of the market, and then they end up going to renting again. So as rates go up and as the banking climate continues to tighten, both of those things drive more rentals. Um, but Bert, when we when I talk about uh, tenant buyers, it's a little bit different for us. So we put them in the home and say, look, you, you can go rent, sure. 
you're never going to catch the market, though. If the rates go up, you're out of the market. If pricing goes up, you're going to always be chasing that. So in a rent-to-own program, we put people in there. We help them increase the down payment over time. We help them enhance their credit, and we help, help them lock in their price. So they're not feeling like they're on a treadmill. So, yes, renters are going to increase if that happens, but there are options for them. If, they're, you know, if some of the listeners are, are in that rental mode, uh, you can pivot and go into a rent-to-own mode and, and be much, much better off. It's almost as if you own it until you do officially own it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, this is the nice thing about having strategies, right? That no matter what the condition, you can go to somebody and say, hey, uh, this is a situation in my market. What do you suggest? And, and then maybe you can help them point out some strategies that they're not taking advantage of. And this is the nice thing about having a coach or having somebody with experience that's going to mentor you through a situation. Yeah, because it, to your earlier point of, of that statement, the, the market, people say to me, what do you think the market's going to do? Well, there is no one market, right? There's all kinds of markets all over the country in different pockets and different niches, et cetera, and different categories of property. And so when someone comes to us and says, will this work? What will you guys do in terms of work in my market? Yes. Will it work in an up market or a down market? Yes, yes. And so it's a pretty cool strategy when you can buy on terms as long as you're structuring these deals as an investor with long enough terms so when the market does do its little bopping and weaving, it's not really going to affect you. In fact, you can profit from it. So as the market slows down here over the next, let's say, 6 to 12 months, will that be good or bad for us if we're buying on terms and our students are? It would be good. It would be easier to buy property. Right now, property is selling pretty readily in most pockets around the country where we have associates we work with. But when that slows down a little bit, it's going to be a heck of a lot easier. You're going to talk to less people to go out and get a deal. Yeah. You know, and, you, and you've mentioned this a couple of times because of the current ba- uh, banking situation as far as how stringent they are. The buying pool is shrinking or shrunk, um, you know, and I think that, you know, people, uh, buyers just need to be a little bit creative, need to, you know, just need to be a little bit more patient and and start getting out there and and contacting sellers and they'd be surprised what they might be able to achieve right because again i know personally of a couple of people who had an offer accepted an offer but you know the the funding fell through and and i think this is going to happen more and more as we move forward your thoughts yeah you're spot on that so so the number right now and and you can every market's gonna be different i've some of my students are in different pockets and i'm going to use a broad number of anywhere between uh, 70 and 80 percent of the present buyer pool already without more more constraints from the banks already can't qualify like I'm, i mean if they walk in a bank today and they make application there's something there with their credit or there's something there with their size of down payment or anything else that's not going to allow them to qualify for a home well that's a huge number and going right along with that uh, i read recently in one of the i think it was fortune that the percentage of homes being done on terms, you know, lease purchase, owner financing, without banks, uh, back in the mid-90s was as low as like 2 or 3% of all transactions. Now that number is heading up to the teens, and I wouldn't be surprised if it keeps climbing because more and more people, sellers and buyers, are looking for ways to go ahead and get the same thing done but do it on terms. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, and you kind of alluded to this, you know, that, you know, everybody's been talking about there should be a correction 
We don't know when that correction is going to happen. It could be in a month, could be six months, could be a year from now. But a correction is going to happen. And I, I like what you were talking about. If all of a sudden you're holding two or three properties on terms, you know, you can leverage that to your benefit. Uh, that, that to me is one of the best things about it. I mean, look, I, I don't believe, this is my personal opinion, I have no data to back this up, but I don't believe that the market is going to correct, uh, the real estate market is going to correct the way it did back in 2007, 2008. Uh, if it corrects, I mean, it might be 10 points or something like that. It's going to be a small amount. Uh, and, and But if, and again, I want your opinion on this, Chris. If the market all of a sudden fell out, like we saw in 2007, and you're holding three or four or five pieces of paper, you know, you, it, it might be time to renegotiate. That's the great thing about terms is that if all of a sudden the market shifted horribly, you know, you can renegotiate those terms. It, you know, that's, you know, what I've been able to do, and I'm sure that you have too, but that's one of the things that I like about having terms is that if something goes horribly bad, you can renegotiate. And in most cases, the seller will cooperate. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree with two things you said. Um, one, as far as the size of the drop, uh, you know, obviously you and I don't know we'd be sitting on a beach somewhere for good if we could predict that, but I agree sure. with what you said. I don't see it doing the, the, the nasty correction that it did. Um, and as far as holding on, you said it exactly correct, and, and, and this is what we tell people to do, and that is use the, use the proper paperwork, right? We've got a, an attorney that's done hundreds and hundreds of transactions with us, so we use the right paperwork. And so if something was drastically to hit you, you have a few options. You definitely do what you said, negotiate. Yep, that's simple. We've done it numerous times. Um, you also can, in some of these deals where we do a lease purchase, we actually can assign the home right back to them if they don't want to negotiate. So you are protected. And, and think about the difference between that, Bert, and being signed on personally with bank loans, which most conventional investors do because they don't know they can do other things. But the, the market drops, and like happened to me in 08, you're on 20, 30 homes personally. Who are they coming to look for? You. And all right. your personal assets. And so you can you can put your head on the pillow at night when you're doing terms thinking, I'm not on a single solitary loan. You know, we've got 50 or 60 properties we control at any one time because they're coming and going always. And there's not one of those that we're on personally. And, and we teach the students to do the same thing. Well, that alleviates a lot of stress, if you can imagine. Yeah, no, that that's, that is one of my favorite things. And again, this is the reason you want to grab a mentor, have somebody show you the ropes. Uh, just that's the way I learned about it. I had a mentor who had done literally tens of thousands of transactions, helped me through it. And, and maybe uh, getting together with Chris and his team uh, might be the right thing for you. The book again is Real Estate on Your Terms. Create continuous cash flow now without using your cash or credit. And you can also reach out to him at smartrealestatecoach.com. Chris Prefontaine, I want to say thank you so much for stopping by, man. It's been a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brett. Always good to chat, buddy. All righty. Good stuff there from Chris Prefontaine about you and your real estate. And the number one takeaway is that you have to be willing to be creative. You have to be willing to take some rejection. I, I think that if you have no experience in doing what we've talked about, is you need to find yourself a real estate coach. But Back to my opening quote 
of the day, real estate investing, even on a very small scale, remains a tried and true means of building an individual's cash flow and wealth. As a real estate investor, you have a bunch of tax deductions that normally you would not have. So when you hear some of these very wealthy people and they're paying either no taxes or they're paying 3 4 5% in taxes, a lot of them, in fact, all of them, have real estate holdings that allows them to take advantage of the tax code. And again, obviously, you want to use a professional that can help you. But those are just some of the advantages to playing with real estate, getting in there. Even on a small scale, it will help you. And let me tell you, once you do one deal and you see how it works, then you'll be, you know, you, you, you're going to want to do a second deal and a third deal and a fourth deal. And everybody out there will negotiate for the most part. And just like my neighbor, you just never know who's willing to do a deal with you until you get out there and ask. And it's just vitally important that uh, you try. I just, I, I can just, I can't say that enough. Uh, get out there and try and, and have somebody help you. Get some, get comfortable with getting a few uh, letters of offers out there, getting some rejection. And you'd be surprised, sometimes people will tell you, no, flat out. Some people will tell you maybe. And, you know, then it, it changes everything. As always, my friend, let's help everybody you know. Uh, let's share this episode with everybody you know. Let's help them start to understand what real estate can do for them. Let's share the show with everybody uh, that you would like to help. As always, my friends, thank you for being here. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.